Hey there, welcome to Sunday Brunch, a conversation over coffee between friends where we discuss everything from foundation to food. This week we'll be talking about the gap between our expectations and our realities. And this is something Tia and I have wanted to discuss for a while, but we think this might finally be the week. Yeah. Tia, how are you? Good, how are you? (laughs) Good. We are remotely recording, so everyone just bear with us, but I think we've got a pretty stable connection, so we should be fine. How has your week been? It's been good. Um, I think it's just flown by like it doesn't feel like it's Thursday. (laughs) Like it feels like it's Tuesday or Monday still. It's crazy. Um, I feel like the week's totally escaped me and I've done nothing on my list. (laughs) But yeah, how's your week been? Same. Yesterday I kept saying it was Monday. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just for reference, it was Wednesday yesterday. So, um, but I think we're getting to that point in the year when it just becomes a really quick downhill slide and then we blink and it's Christmas. Yeah, totally. And it's coming up to my one year, well, it's still a month away, but one year wedding anniversary. So it's still crazy to think, wow, it's been a year since that's happened, you know? Like, Even I can't, I can't get over that. It's crazy. Yeah. I'll blink and it'll be like 10 year anniversary and I have like five kids. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to see that version of Tia. <laughs> Look, maybe not five, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it's life just absolutely five in by. 10 years, five in 10 years would be a lot. Yeah, it would be a lot, yeah. but I mean, it's possible. Um, There's people who do it. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that for you. Um, okay. So what have you been watching? Because I, I think you've done all the watching for the both of us this week. Yeah. You haven't done. I mean, it's hard cause it hasn't really been a weekend since we've recorded, I think. So normally we watch a lot of stuff over the weekend, but, um, I've been, yeah, yeah. But I've just started, um, watching good girls. I'm when I say started season three just came out. Um, and I've already watched season one and two. And so I'm just starting season three, um, and it's really good. It's, it's a show about these three mums who get involved in a crime syndicate syndicate, oh. <laughs> um, and with like gangbangers and stuff. <laughs> um, and then really? they end- yeah, <laughs> it's crazy and no one would expect it. Cause obviously they're moms with like kids and they're like soccer moms. So they live like a very, normal life but they were struggling financially and basically the first episode of the first season they decide to rob one of the mum's sister's stores and instead of they thought oh yeah there'll be like 30 grand of petty cash and we'll just take that and be done with it but there was like I think three or four hundred grand and it's because this gang yeah this gang kept their money in this store's um safe Um, and then basically they now this whole, it's basically been like about repaying the debt. And then now they, yeah, it's a long, long story, but it's really good. And I really enjoy it. It's not anything educational or whatever, but it's just, it's just a good show. (laughs) But yeah, I think you'd like it. It sounds to me like, yeah. It sounds like Breaking Bad, but for women. It could be, yeah. But it, it's really good. And I think the sense of humor in it, it it's something that I find is funny. Like, because it maybe because it's female based. And um, mm. 
I can maybe relate to it in the sense of like, oh, if I was ever struggling, like I wish I could rob a bank. You know what I mean? <laughs> not, not, <laughs> you know, like how when you watch like Ocean's Eleven or something and you're like, oh my gosh, like I could rob the Met Gala, you know, and you can start thinking about all these, you know, possibilities. <laughs> it, yeah, it's those movies are oddly inspirational. Yeah, they are. (laughs) But I mean, look, I would never commit a crime like that. Let's just get that on the record. I would never do that. But um, (laughs) it it is inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is because like we never see women being, we never see women being the ones that are breaking the rules. Like it's just not, it's not socially accepted for anyone to do that. But in, in like our pop cultural references, it's always the men that are the like guys that are out there being badasses essentially. Yeah. And I mean, a really good example of what you're saying is literally just in this um, last episode I watched, they helped someone escape the prison, um, escape a Mm -hmm. prison and um, the police were doing car checks and it was a three mums in the minivan with a soccer bag. uh, Sorry, not soccer. It was a hockey bag and it's a massive bag. So it fit a person in it. And they put the guy who escaped from prison in that bag and the police officer was just like, oh, what are you guys doing? And just had like a chat about then hockey and then he just let them through without even checking. Whereas if it was like some guy, he probably would have asked to look in the bag, you know? Um, But because it's the mums, they just, they're not suspicious of it. So um, it's the perfect cover really. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. But yeah. um, what else have you been watching? Um, I f- I'm up to date with Yellowstone. So there's three seasons and I watched all of it in the space of like a week and a half. And it's oh so good. Like I think there's still episodes coming out for the end of the season, but I'm going to let them build up and then watch them all because it it's so it's like every episode you just want more, you know, and um, I really love the whole like, did you have you started watching it? You just really haven't watched it. No, I've literally, I've, I've, unless it's ancient China lectures, I have not been watching anything. Yeah, I guess it's hard because your uni went back in. Yeah, like, and I'm so deep in the trenches of uni right now that there's no, there's no space. So, like, in about twelve weeks' time, I will be contributing to this podcast yeah. again. <laughs> but in the meantime, you are everything. I'm, I'm all the watching, but you still have the reading. So that's fine. (laughs) I will. Yeah, I do read because I find that easy to like to use as a way to wind down as I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Um, but the watching thing, it's just like, I just can't justify it. But Yellowstone is at the top of my list when I do start watching something. Highly. I reckon you'll love it. Like good girls. I think you'll like it and you would really enjoy it. But I just think Yellowstone, you and like your partner would like love it. But yeah. also then on YouTube, um, the Sorry Girls did like Pinterest outfits, which was really cool of like um, things that they did on their board through like thrifting. They thrifted some outfits and like made some, which was really cool. So now I know that like certain states have gone back into ISO and it's a really hard time. So sending all of our thoughts out with, you know, anyone who's struggling at the moment with that. But um, things to do at home, like you know, Sorry Girls has a lot of really good like DIY videos and inspo. And then also Adore Beauty. You don't watch their channel, do you? 
They did. No, so I listened to their podcast, but I haven't watched their channel yet. Yeah, so they did one, I think, like a week ago, and it was on uh, exfoliation and the different types of exfoliation and, like, the benefits of them, which I thought was really interesting because um, I'm somebody who really wants to know more about skincare but doesn't really have the time to sift through all the information that's out there. And I can see why you like their podcast a lot because – they're just super um, informative and not bi. Like, I just don't feel like there's any bias. They're just like, this is what we do and yep. this is why. This is what would be good if you had this kind of skin or, you know, and it, I just think it's really, really um, a nice way of having the information put in front of you. And they've done a few other ones that I just haven't had a chance to look at yet. But basically, I'm really interested in looking into chemical exfoliating more now. <laughs> so, Yeah. That's yeah, my take from that 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 podcast that podcast really got me into chemical exfoliants because they yeah. was, they talked about it a lot. But what I really love is that they don't just push things that are sold on their site. They're very yeah. open and very honest. And I think that's um, another reason on how you know if someone's being biased or not. You know, it's like as soon as somebody's like, oh, you know, like on YouTube or even Instagram, if they're like, oh, I love this product and it's an ad, I'm just like. Oh, do you love it or are we like just getting a fake review? You know, like there's no yeah. real way to tell. And it, it's really hard because I know sometimes people really love it and that's fine, but it it just makes it really hard for me to fully believe what they're saying. Whereas like I know that what they're saying, it's totally, you know, there. It's just real. Yeah. So Joanna, one of the co-hosts, she also knows a lot. She's very, very good to follow on Instagram because she often does Q&As and then saves them all to her highlights. So I think her name's Joanna Fleming. Um, I would recommend anyone interested to follow her. And also I know, yeah, she is Joanna Fleming on Instagram. And I know you've mentioned this before, but Harper's Glow, we've mentioned her before on Instagram, but um, Lil from Harper's Glow posts a lot of really good informative stuff on skincare. So if that's your thing, um, definitely follow those two accounts. And I actually really like Harper's Glow because she, she's just starting, but she seems to know a lot and she's super honest and um, she gives everything a fair go, which I really like. Um, I think you have to give every product a fair go before you can really give it an opinion, um, which I think is a really nice way of seeing, like, doing things. Yeah, I but, agree. Yeah. Um, but what have you been I, reading? I have just started City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I talked about in our book club on Facebook, but no one answered me. So if anyone <laughs> listening to this wants to read books with me, please come to our Facebook book club, which is called Sunday Brunch, the book club. Um, So I've started reading it because I just finished like a few hard reads in a row. And when I mean hard reads, I mean just confronting and like they took a lot of energy and that's great. You should read stuff like that. But now that I've gone back to class, I need to be careful with what I'm reading. Otherwise it becomes too much. Um, and Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which I loved. I absolutely yes. adored. But this is that was that was nonfiction, and this is fiction. Mm-hmm. And I've never read anything by her that's fiction. Um, and I, it's very easy to read, but the dialogue kind of feels like a fifteen-year-old wrote it. Oh, really? <laughs> like yeah, in a bad just way. Kind of like, yeah, stuff that I don't think people would ever really say. You know how someone in dialogue might be like, oh, dear, 
what will we do? And you yeah. just think no one ever actually says that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless um, you're like. So I'm going to keep reading it because I've bought it. Yeah. Unless you're a TV character. Yeah. The- <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to keep reading it because I've bought it and it's like, it's easy, but it's just a bit weird, a bit naff in some, some places. So if anyone listening to this has read it, please let me know what you think. Um, I've listened to, there's been some good podcast episodes out lately. Um, Life Uncut by Laura Byrne and Brit Hockley. They released an episode called Free Britney um, <laughs> this week. And it was all about Brit's time on Love Island because not Love Island. No, Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yes, thank you. I actually have I tapped out after the first week. So yeah, I have same. no idea. <laughs> yeah, but I, like even from talking to our friends and just watching things on Instagram, you can kind of keep up. But um yeah. she left with Tim mm-hmm. and it was all about what happened after that. And oh my gosh, I actually felt so sorry for her because the whole time on the show, I was just thinking, no way will Brit end up with Tim. She could do a lot better. No offense Mm -hmm. to Tim, but like Brit's a little bit older and so smart and so mature. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that she basically, between the lines, you can read that he actually really hurt her and that she wanted to continue things um, after they finished on BIP and then it just never really went anywhere. So she was actually quite heartbroken. Wow, that's really hard. I feel like it's... On, the, on a show like that, there's no actual need for them to keep dating each other, which is fine. Like dating somebody is a choice, but it's like you're in a scenario where your feelings, I think, are times like a thousand because there's yeah. no one else around you. You just, you're put in a scenario where everything that's happening right there, that's your whole world. And like you get really involved um, emotionally. And then if you leave that and you have these expectations of what it's going to be like, and they're not, they're not the reality. Oh my gosh, this is so what's happening today. How our episode, but um, it's not the reality, then you can just be heartbroken. Like that's devastating. And I mean, look, if he's a little bit immature, he probably wasn't ready for it, but it's hard to know like what people's thoughts are when they make decisions like that, you know? It's crazy. Well, one thing I learned from the episode, because Bachelor in Paradise was filmed about nine months ago, um, wow. from the episode I learned that the week the finale of Angie Kent's Bachelorette series was being showed on TV. Mm-hmm. So the week where Tim was having his heart broken in front of the nation was one of the weeks when they were already in filming for bachelor in paradise yeah so um he didn't really have much time between the two and i think he's a clout chaser (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but it's just like it was just really sad to me to hear that um brit got her hopes up because i I personally think that she's like she's such a catch so i think she she was to move away she was on nick's season wasn't she and that was like (laughs) that was just ridiculous so like for for it to almost like the same thing to pretty much happen again. That's just devastating. Yeah. And she also said that um, Jamie on the show, like she has, she holds him in really high regard. So uh, it was interesting to hear her perspective on that because I think he has copped a lot of heat in the media about being clingy or a little bit possessive and a little bit odd. But it's very clear that his edit is quite poor because he's actually suing 10 Yes, I was just about to say I saw him post something on social media about suing them. And look, I think if they've really, they probably have um, damaged his 
um, how people view him. What is that called? Um, reputation. Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> there's, there's actually a word for it though. Um, like a legal term, which I can't remember right now, but you know, that's actually something that people do sue them for. So slander, slander that. <laughs> yeah. But, I think that that's fair enough if he's not actually like that in real life, but it's difficult because I think, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think when you sign a contract with a TV show like, or with a company like that, somewhere in the terms and conditions, it says that they can edit to like, however they see fit um, for the show. Mm. So I think, and I'm not sure cause I've never actually looked at one of those contracts, but I have heard that you can't actually do anything about <laughs> it. Yeah which is pretty crap. Like it's not. Yeah. So I think like, unless you're really somebody who's okay with being portrayed as however, like they want to, then just don't go on a show like that or just be super careful about how you are on the show. But then it, it's like, you can't really be yourself. So what's the point, you know? Mm, I agree. <laughs> I, I think, um, I agree. I think uh, for me, like it's 2020, we know how people are portrayed on those yeah. shows. So it's kind of like, to an extent, um, participant beware because you know what they can do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's okay, but I am saying like, I'm not shocked that this yeah. happens. Yeah. Another really great episode I listened to was from All Bases Covered. Um, all the hosts are in Melbourne. So they've started bringing back their mini episodes, which is what they did during our lockdown as well, initially earlier in the year. And they did a great mini episode this week called Tones and I, and it's all about the undertones of your skin and how to identify those to help you when you're picking foundation or a um eye color as well and it was just really yeah really interesting because whether or not you're warm toned or cooler toned or neutral that will come through when you're picking a foundation and even like when you're matching a fake tan to your skin and they actually talked about how there is like no when you put on an olive tan on a neutral skin color there's actually like no good way to match that. So even being careful with like, if you're wearing olive Bondi sands, don't bring it all the way up your neck because when it's at your chin and you have to blend your foundation, you never will. So it's better to like leave it around your collarbones and sort of blend that way. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I have, I mean, it's not that annoying, but my skin tone's annoying because it's olive and pink. So it's both. Mm. So I can, I can get away with wearing both um, colors on my face, but then it's blending down to my neck where then my body is just like olive based. So, Mm. or like warm toned, whereas my face where my cheeks are, it's pinker. Um, the perks of being half, half, (laughs) yeah, Asian, half Australian. (laughs) Yeah. They even said like someone in your case that you can be really lucky because you'll get away with both. Um, Or you can be really unlucky because nothing will ever look like perfect. So it just depends. But I think as brands are becoming more um, ethnicity aware, they'll be bringing out more and more shades with different undertones. So Mm. that's really good as well. But even when you look at um, depending on what color eyes you have, you should be either wearing a blue red lipstick or an orange red lipstick. Mm. Um, Things like that are interesting because I think – or whatever I was reading, it was kind of pointing me in the direction of wearing like a blue red or um, something like that. But it, if you can't identify 
what you are. They always, they were saying to take a photo of yourself in a white t-shirt against a white wall and then just show someone in Mecca and they'll be able yeah. to help. Um, obviously don't wear fake tan because it like dilutes their ability to tell. They yeah. also said, this is a really cool hack. If you look at your veins on your wrist and you can see blue and green, mm-hmm. you're um, sorry, blue and purple, you're probably um, neutral. So that's, that's me because I can see, yeah, I can see both. I can see like purple and then a greeny blue on both wrists, but they were yeah. like, that's not a perfect indicator. It's just sometimes it works. So I think yeah. I am neutral. And like you said, you obviously have a bit of both happening for you as well. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely a blue red person. Like I can't wear an orange red lip. It makes me look sick. I think anyway. Yeah. Same <laughs> with me. But you know why? It's because I think I have a yellow undertone. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the same. Cause I have both, so I can't, you know, but it's weird. Like, and even then with like peachy pinks, I can't wear them. Like the no. orangey pinks. It, I don't, yeah. I don't know why it's so weird. So I just try to stick to like brown and nudie pinks. Um, yeah. and then I also can't wear yellow. Like I would never wear a yellow dress. Yeah. I can, I can get away with a warm yellow you know what mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the kind of like a burnt yellow kind of color. Yeah. Almost more like an orange, but not yep. orange. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But then I guess that's because I'm also then more olivey. Maybe I can get away yeah, with it. Because you're more tan, but because I like, I'm yellow that will tan. Yeah. When I'm not tanned in yellow, yep. I look sick. Yeah. Because then <laughs> and actually a good way to test, um, like if you want to, buy a color that you've never bought before, like just a dress or something. Even if you don't try it on, if you just hold the color up to like your um, shoulders, like across the front of your, I don't know, chest, (laughs) it doesn't even make sense. And stand in front of a mirror, look at your eyes and Mm -hmm. the color, if it suits you or not. This is what I heard from somebody one time. I went to finishing school and this is what they told me. Um, It will make your oh eyes God. look so, no no they said that um either your eyes will look more sunken in or it will bring your like features forward if the color suits you. I don't know if that makes sense. So like your face will either look brighter or duller wow. if the color suits you or not. So that's an interesting way to tell as well. Um yeah, you can probably google it that's just to very make interesting. Sure. But yeah. Um I don't know. I think that there's Colors that suit you and colors that don't, and that's fine. <laughs> you can't wear everything. Yeah, and it's scientific. Yeah, yeah, it's scientific. So color theory. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I listened to this week, which is my like educational slash awareness offering, was the two peas in a podcast episode about um the realities of homeschooling children with additional needs during the lockdown in Melbourne. So yeah. these mothers originally thought that the end of homeschooling their children was over, but obviously in Melbourne it's more severe than ever. So yesterday at the time of recording, they had their highest number of new daily cases ever. Um, and 15 deaths. So it's so serious there. And I think we're all aware of the gravity of the situation, but it's Mm. remembering that there are people who, even when they're at home and having to homeschool their kids, that's made even, even more difficult by the fact that like sometimes these children have needs that need to be met. And that is very demanding on the parents and they're, they're so isolated. Um, So that's a really good perspective Uh, Like if you're a future educator or even just someone who is a member of the public that wants to know more about that, um, the two peas in a podcast is such a good place to start. Yeah. It's, it's tough time out there, isn't it? Especially anyone who's 
homeschooling their kids and then especially if you have special needs it's it's really really tough or yeah, even kids that don't like, want to sit still low attention yeah, spans but then you're trying to do your own job as well yeah to be able to pay the bills and to be able to actually afford to continue living life it's a, it's a really difficult balance and then even if your kids are still you know if the schools are teaching via zoom it's still making sure your kids are actually paying attention to the zoom you know because yeah. i think I saw like um, in the la- the previous lockdown one, one, 1.0, is that what we'll call it, is um, the kid yeah. put a photo of him. He rigged the iPad so that he took a photo of himself, like a selfie, and then put it in front of the camera. Um, and so the teacher thought that he was in the class the whole time and he wasn't. He was off in his room playing and the iPad with a photo of himself was just there. Like that's how... And his mom didn't know, like his parents weren't supervising him. Um, They were just like, here, go study. And so it's hard because even kids are smart, like so smart that they know how to be in class without actually being there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's such, it's such a difficult time. So if you are after a perspective shift, I would listen to that. Yeah. So um, onto our topic of the week. Um, and I think we've actually like touched on this a few times today already, even when we were talking about um, the Life Uncut episode, um, expectations versus reality. I think it's one where it's not even only your own expectation versus reality, but then what others expect of you too and not letting that get entangled with what you want for yourself, you know. Um, I think it's yeah. easy for what people expect you should be doing to put pressure on yourself for what you like expect of yourself. But, and sometimes yeah. it's a good thing. It can be a good pressure if, you know, they, it, you know, expect good things for you. <laughs> but then I think sometimes um, the pressure can be unfair, you know, and not, um, it, it can cause like issues you know, even with your relationship with that person, if then you can resent them for being like putting too much pressure on you for, you know, trying to meet their expectations and it's your life, you know? Yeah. And I think it's kind of like our productivity trap episode that we did not too long ago. It's such an easy way to rob yourself of really nice moments. And I think for for me, um, getting over expectations versus reality has been one of the biggest things that I've had to mentally work through in my adult life, Mm. just because like my life is not what I expected. Mm -hmm. Um, Even from 10 years ago, like it's just not what I expected. But when I think about that, sometimes that's in really great ways. So um. I think a lot of the research will say that it comes from the fact that, for instance, this will be interesting to get your opinion on this, Tia. Yeah. Um, a lot of researchers found that newlywed couples overestimated the amount of happiness that they would have. So they they expected their happiness together to increase over time. But in reality, most of the studies proved that it actually diminished. And that's not to say that they weren't still content in their relationship, but obviously everyone has a... I say this in commas, a honeymoon period in their relationships. And once you're like years down the track, it's probably going to hit a plateau because that's just life. But instead of realizing that that's just, that's just life. um, People think that that's a bad sign in their relationship. Mm. Well, I mean, I think that for me and maybe it's, I don't want to speak too soon, but (laughs) my honeymoon period, you know, in, brackets or whatever is um is not 
over yet. <laughs> yeah. But I also don't know if um, it ever, like, I hope that it never will be in the sense that I think a lot of, and I've talked about this with um, my husband. I was like, I think a lot of people have their honeymoon period and then it sort of goes because they're not upfront about what they expect and yes. where, what, that, how, I guess, you know, like when you start dating somebody, you don't always just lay it all out there because you're not like, you don't want to scare them away or something like, you know, yeah. whatever you think in your mind, um, you, you want to put forward the best version of yourself, which is fine. But I think when I started dating, um, my husband, I was like very over dating. I was just like, whatever, I don't even care. I'm not here for dating. <laughs> mm. And then I was just like, if someone's gonna, cause I'd already, you know, dated a few other people and I was just over it. I was like, no, I'm done with this. If somebody's gonna, I can't be bothered pretending to be another version of myself pretty much. And I was just like, if somebody's going to love me, they're going to just love me and that's it. And I was in very deep in that headspace when I met uh, my husband. And basically from the start, I was just like, this is what I want. And if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And in a way it's turned out to be the best thing ever because there's been no point in our relationship where it's been like, well, you didn't say that or, you know, it's always been like this very honest, um, you know, thing between us where even the expectations we have of ourselves are very in tune with what we expect, like what he expects of me and what I expect of him is what we want from ourselves, you know? Um, and he's, he's been a bit busier with work recently and that's fine before he knew that he would be busier because of all this COVID stuff. Um, and he said to me, look, I'm going to be, this is at the very start. He was like, look, I'm going to be busier with work and I'm sorry in advance kind of thing. Um, and I was just like, look, that's fine. And that's it. And I'm not upset that he's been on his laptop more or whatever, because I already knew it. You know what I mean? So I think, I think being honest with each other of your expect, of yourself um, helps a lot with your overall happiness in each other, if that makes sense. And then that obviously yeah. trickles through to other aspects of like life and relationships with other people, like friendships. You know, people have a lot of differences in expectations versus the reality of like friendships because of different love languages and stuff like that. So I think um, for us anyway, I th- I think maybe, I <laughs> don't want to speak too soon, but I think maybe I found the key is just honesty, um, which sounds silly to st- say, but sometimes it's hard to just be mindful of saying how you feel and speaking truthfully about it because there's always a part of you that doesn't want to be honest if you think it'll scare the other person or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think like same as you, when I came to my current relationship, I was like, not there to mess around. Yeah. (laughs) I think everyone just gets to this point in their life where they're like, uh, well, most people, if you want to be like by yourself forever, I totally get that because it's nice not having to rely on anyone else. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can be really happy like that. So I'm definitely not the person that will ever say you need to be in a relationship because I just Mm -hmm. don't, I think in, in a lot of, in a lot of senses, being in a relationship creates a lot more work. But, Mm -hmm. um, when I came to this relationship, I was like, I, I know what I want. And if you don't want the same thing as me, that's fine. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to waste time because you just, you have your time wasted by enough people. And yeah, sometimes it's just like, they always say you keep learning the lessons that you need to learn until you've learned them. And I think mm-hmm. for me, that was definitely true and probably for you as well. Yeah. Um, and then fortunately 
you even more so than me, but like, I think to have learned that lesson, you were probably a teenager, maybe, or not, yeah. 2019. Yeah, I was 19. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I took five more years to learn that, but like, I'm still grateful that I got to that point at 24 because that's one expectation that I didn't have of myself. I thought that I would like at 25, I thought I would still be like sort of way, way single and I don't know, like just know when they're ready to settle down and mm-hmm. maybe you had that expectation of yourself, but it's because like my parents didn't get married until they were older. So yeah. it's depends how you've been raised. But um, for me, like this is one very pleasant part of my life where I would have expected myself to be single and like nowhere near ready to settle down. And yet the experiences that I had in dating, I think got me to a point where I was like, no, I'm totally ready for this because ultimately like it was up to me to make that decision. And then when I did meet that person, I was like, I was able and confident to set down what I wanted in terms of the expectations I had for that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously you and I both got lucky in that we found people that shared those same expectations. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But that's, that's an, in a sense, a way that, um, you have to be honest with what you want because you can't expect anyone to meet you halfway if they don't know the rules of the game. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing with um, realizing, you know, to be truthful with what you want and your expectations is not being afraid. Um, Mm. Because when I realized that I didn't have a fear of being single, I was just like, I basically at 19, which sounds ridiculous. And even my husband laughs at me. He's just like, you were 19. Like, I don't know what you were like on about. I basically thought that I was just going to be single forever. I just resided to the fact that I was never, I was never going to find anybody who would just love me for me, which sounds crazy. Now, when you think about it, it's like you're 19. Like, how do you come to that when you're 19? Um, but because I wasn't afraid anymore because I was already just like, whatever, I don't care. Um, it meant that I wasn't afraid to speak my mind. Um, and you know, I didn't just lay it all out there on the first date, but it just over the course of like when we were just dating and getting to know each other, I wasn't afraid to tell him what I thought about things and what my expectations were. So I think a massive thing with, um, expectations and realities is not being afraid of being different from what other people expect of you, you know? Yeah. Um, Just to be braver than what, because even for you going back and studying again, that was a thing against like what people would expect of you. But you were just like, you you had the guts to do it anyway and be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do it because that's what you want. And that, yeah. And I remember even when you were talking about it, you were, saying that you were worried about it and that it would set you back. But now look at you and you're so happy and it's the best thing you could have done for yourself. Yeah. Like that's honestly like that, that decision still plays on my mind all the time. Whenever I have a bad day, I'm always like, Oh my God, what have I done? Because (laughs) like for someone like me who worked really hard in high school and academically, I was a really high achiever. Um, I would never have expected to be at uni at 25. I would have thought I would have been like moving my way up the career ladder. And that's honestly why I expected myself to be single mm-hmm. because I expected that I would be like work would take up 80% of my life mm-hmm. um, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's actually the opposite. So now I just do like a million little things to try and like make enough money to get by and devote 80% of my time to study. And then 
But like, I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm proud of that because it was such a hard thing for me to do to let go of what I knew other people expected from me. And I was lucky that my parents were the people that least expected anything. And it would have been easy for them to say like, well, we've supported you through one degree. Like, honestly, you've got that. If you want to go back again, that's all on you. But I think they sort of recognized that I probably had chosen something that wasn't for me and that I had pushed through with it because I am an A-type personality that likes to tick things off. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they could see that like it was making me miserable and that I... I still firmly think 17 is a very young age to commence a university degree and expect that that's what you'll want to do forever. Yeah. And I Um, think that's why they say you have three career changes in your life. Like, I mean, how are you meant to know what you want to do at 17 for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's just so silly, especially when you're someone that like loves to be productive and you're just going to push through and get things done anyway. Like it's a good way to make sure that you go down a path that's totally not right for you when you're just trying to force something that doesn't work. So I think the first thing, like the first step to that is being very honest with yourself. And Mm -hmm. my honest self was saying that I could not be happy if I worked like that for my whole life. And that's Mm -hmm. a very privileged position to come from because a lot of the times you can't make decisions based on happiness. But luckily I was at a point where I was able to, like save up and really consider my options. And now that I am, I'm nearly three years into a four-year degree and I can't believe it. Well, I can't time's believe just, it's gone so fast. Yeah. Time's just disappeared, which then now you look at it and you're like, wow, I'm so glad that I did this because time's just gone, you know? Yeah. And um, like, I could be 25, five years into a job that I was really like never going to love, or mm-hmm. I could be 25 with 1.75 degrees under my belt and looking at like this time next year, I'll be like, hopefully looking at graduating. And that's just for me, it was like the right time in my life to do that. Because then when I met my partner, the expectations that I had of myself, I could be honest and say, I'm not going to be like financially set until this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I had met my partner when I was still working um, in my first career, it would have been a much harder conversation to say, okay, so like now we're in this together, but I want to go back to study, which means mm-hmm. financially, I won't be bringing as much to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, it was really good because I was honest and upfront with what I could and couldn't do mm-hmm. from the very beginning, but definitely letting go of what other people expect from you. Um, and trying to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with others is probably the first step. Yeah, definitely. But also just not, and also not being afraid to be honest with yourself, I think, because yeah, I think that for you to even admit to yourself that you weren't happy would have been a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, like sometimes we all know, we all have gut feelings about things and that can be for the good or for for the worse because yeah. your gut feeling can be quite annoying at times when you know that something's not right, but you just don't want it to end. And that mm. was what I was feeling in my first career. And that's why I vacillated so much because some weeks I'd go, it was okay this week, but then like for every good one week, you'd have like a bad three weeks. And at the yeah. end of the day, you can't justify that. And then on the flip side, sometimes you just know, even when you're having a, you know, maybe a less than great day or like there's something in your relationship that annoys you, but you just can feel inside that it's just, that's not the sum of the whole picture and mm. you have a good feeling about it. So mm. I do think listening to your gut is always better. 
But I also think that society probably makes us feel worse at times. And I know social media can do that because depending on how you curate who you follow, a lot of the time you'll see people who are living like seemingly amazing lives. And we all know that that's not real, but constantly seeing that however many times you open Instagram a day can probably make you feel like your life is not up to scratch in a lot of respects. Like maybe the car you drive isn't up to scratch or um, where you're going out to eat or what you're making or how much you're exercising or who your friends are or what they do for you or who sends you flowers. Like Mm. it's really endless. But then I think we have to remember that the people who are uploading those photos are uploading them because they want us to feel excited about about it. And they want us to almost not envy them, but to know that they're that's a special occasion for them and it's not yeah. there every day. And also it gives us a really warped, um, a really warped misconception because it's not, that's not how it is for the majority of people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to remember that even by being in Australia, the expectations for our life, we can do so much more than what we could have been had we been born in another world that in another country that wasn't as progressive or developed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so I think even by virtue of the fact of where we are, we're already so, so lucky. Mm. And having things on social media probably makes it harder for us to accept our reality at the best of times. Yeah, definitely. And I think that social pressures make up for a huge part of what, um, definitely agree with that it makes up for a huge part of like how it um, shapes what you expect of yourself. Um, Mm. and you know, trying to, and you know, some people are really, really good. They just don't care. And that's awesome. Like if you, if, and they just do their own thing, they're in their own lane. And that's, that's so awesome. Like, honestly, if you're one of those people, kudos to you, because that's a really hard place to get to, I think anyway. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that it's hard because you see people, even with all the designer handbags that everybody seems to have now it's like well you know that's not something that you need that's not no you know you don't have to be like that you don't have to have that kind of life and and if you put that kind of if people are showing you that all that sort of stuff and you put that expectation on yourself and you end up running yourself into a financial hole because of it like that's just don't do that you know you don't have to do that that's something that's a pressure that you create for yourself that's not doesn't need to be there. Um, yeah. And you don't have to <laughs> make choices that put you under strain or stress. Um, and you just want to try to do what makes you happy. And that's the main thing. And if, if doing that sort of stuff gives you happiness, then fine. But also make sure that it's actually you're doing it for yourself and your happiness and not for other people around you's happiness, if that makes sense. Yeah, or for what people think of you because yeah. I think it's very easy to want to have others think highly of you and that's just human nature but it's also critical to remember that the people that you admire, for every person you admire, there's probably like 10 people who admire you. So don't be fooled into thinking that you're the person that's constantly chasing something. There are a Mm -hmm. lot of people who would do anything just to be exactly as you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And also 
another thing that we always expect is that once we've obtained that thing that we're after, the something that we have come to expect in our life, it's probably not going to change you all that much. Like a lot of studies show that people who won the lottery, for instance, their happiness actually plateaued after time, the same Mm. as the newlyweds. So always remember that once you get that thing, it probably won't change your life that much. So if you can work on being content with your relationships, with how you treat other people, with the way that you invest in yourself and the way that you treat yourself, at the end of the day, um, that's probably going to hold you in better stead than all the material things anyway, because those are just things. And I'm sure even like in your own life, you can think of instances where you say, I really just need to get this. And once I get this, I'll be like, it'll feel so much better and I'll be so much happier. Mm-hmm. But like it, you'll, if you're not happy with who you are intrinsically, those same feelings will creep up. And ultimately like you can't keep climbing up that ladder of material gain because we'll, we will tap out unless, yeah. unless you're like the founder of Amazon, like there is an extent to which you mm-hmm. can push that. So I think that sometimes we're not truly, we're not, we're not always fully appreciative of what we do have. And that's mm. what leads us to expect more. And I also think another really interesting thing to do with, with that, I don't, I don't know how to say this, but like you can have a list of all the things that you want, right? Um, and then you cross those things off the, the list. Just say you cross everything off. Are you content? Are you happy? Or are you just going to keep adding things and make a new list? And the answer mm. is you're always going to put things on the list, you know? So, and I have a mild shopping addiction, which I'm working through at the moment, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) which I'm working through at the moment, but basically something that, um, a few things were pointed out to me about it is one, um, I lack a respect for money. So respect is a really important thing in not just this. I'm trying to relate this to everything and not just financial, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But I think having respect for what you have already and, remembering that you had to work hard to get all of those things um, is really important. And then two is remembering that there's always going to be things on the list and it's how you value those things on the list. And if, if it's something that you actually want or if it's what other people want for you and that in life, it's hard to actually reach full contentedness. You know what I mean? It's just, Mm -hmm. I think working out how you can do that for yourself and not for other people. I don't, I don't know if that yeah. even makes sense. Um, <laughs> but I think I, like what you're saying, awareness is very key. Yeah. So <laughs> like the research that I read, read was saying that you need to be aware of what you're expecting. And then on top of that, be aware of what you should be expecting. So yeah. if I'm expecting to win the lottery when I buy a ticket, okay, I, at least I could recognize that, but it's not actually what I should be expecting. Only thing you can expect when you buy a lottery ticket is that you'll have the chance of winning the lottery that whatever that lottery is saying it is. So say it's one in 2 million. That's the only thing you can expect is that you'll have a one in 2 million chance. So firstly, being able to look at what it is that you think you're going to get and then whether or not that is actually realistic. Mm. And then when you're looking when something that you wanted doesn't happen, you still need to be able to look for the positives in what does happen. So at the beginning of this year, when we were in our first COVID lockdown, my job was like up in the air and it was just 
so gut-wrenching to have something that you thought you could rely upon taken from you. And like for a long time, that was so negative in my mind. But now I can see that that was actually a blessing in disguise because I realized I'd been pouring too much of myself into it. And if it could be taken away from me that quickly, it probably wasn't worth it anyway. Mm. So trying to find the positives in what didn't happen is really key. And a way that I do that is by thinking, oh, well, it obviously wasn't meant to be. Mm. So even with relationships, like I'm sure we've all had relationships that we really wanted to work out at the time. Yeah. Um, Cause you think like you and I've discussed this in private extensively about like when we were younger, what we thought we wanted and like the people that we wanted that from. And then like, I think you and I can both sit here now and be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad that it didn't work out with that people because you would never have met your partner and I would never have met mine. And I never yeah. expected to meet someone who I could love that much. So yeah, sometimes definitely. what doesn't, what doesn't come for you isn't coming for you because something better is around the corner and Mm -hmm. the things that are just around the corner don't appear until the last moment. So that's Mm -hmm. why I'm a big proponent for like literally moving through what's happening to you because you never know how close that, that next great big moment is going to be for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You can't see the future. (laughs) Unfortunately. And like wanting to predict the future is at the base of this very problem because the whole reason we have expectations is because we think we can predict things yeah. and we can't. Like it's very easy in high school to sit there and go, I will graduate in four years and be a such and such. And then five years after that, I will buy a house and get Mm -hmm. married and have kids because that's like the normal narrative. Mm -hmm. But the way someone explained to me once was think about it as if you're on a runway, you're a plane on a runway. And sometimes some people have a short runway and it does go like that, like literally they go to high school, graduate uni, meet someone at uni, get married, buy a house, have a baby by the time they're like 30. That's cool. But like other people have a much longer runway and that's just giving you different life experience, not necessarily better, not necessarily worse, but different. And I think in 2020, we're finally getting to that point where a different path to the Mm. same outcome is finally becoming accepted. Mm. And the next step is different paths to different outcomes. So Mm -hmm. we need to be more understanding that maybe some people for them career isn't actually what they want. They might value their family or the time they get to have with their family or maybe on the flip side, they all they really want is to do well in their career and they don't have an interest in finding a partner and settling down. Yeah. And that's something we can all do for one another is to remove any expectations we have of someone. So I'm very careful with my friends now um, because of the situation that I'm in with studying. If they are ever like considering going back to study, I will actively encourage it because I know how hard it can be for someone to make that decision on their own. Yeah. And I also try not to judge anyone for the love for the life choices that they're making because if they're being true to what they want, who am I to uphold an expectation that is actually more damaging for them than it is encouraging? Mm. And I also think another thing is when you decide to, when you make decisions for yourself is to have confidence in the decision that you're making. Um, Because I think a massive thing of like why people question what you do, even a lot of the time is because um, maybe you don't even have confidence in the decision that you're making. Um, Mm. I remember one time I was talking to one of my friends and she said that she met this woman in Europe and she's this Parisian lady and she was like 60 years old and just 
exuded confidence. She wasn't married. She'd never been married. She didn't have kids. She just lived her life. And she said the confidence that this woman had was just, it made her want to have like not have kids and like, you know what, like it made her want that life too, because she just had so much confidence and, um, conviction with her decision of her life, um, that it was just inspiring. So I think that no matter what decision that you make with your life, it doesn't matter what people expect of you. If you're happy with your decision and you're confident with it, that's all that matters. And everyone else will accept it because you do, you know? And if you can't find the confidence that you need to make the decision yourself, then make sure you have the friends and family around you to give you that confidence and then you'll find it, you know? Um, and hopefully you have the people around you who can give you that confidence. And, and if they don't, then maybe you should go back to the red flags episode. Yeah. And- go back to the red flags episode. <laughs> um, because I think that people in your life that care about you should be encouraging you to achieve what you want. And if you don't have the confidence to step out and do that on your own without having the support of others around you, then, um, you know, that maybe you should do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's and what I always you really like, want. <laughs> yeah. I always think too, as well, it's good to acknowledge that um, even when some days aren't the best days, there'll probably be a time in your life when you'll wish you had that day back. Mm. So like, I know every phase of my life, a lot of high school wasn't fun. It was a lot of hard work, but there are days when I go, Oh my God, I remember being 17 and like, there was so much excitement to come. And if I'd known how many great moments were in front of me, I probably would have enjoyed it more. And then you can even think that about your primary school self where all Mm. you did was go to school and come home and like someone else cooked for you and you didn't know what a bill was. Well, you know, like you weren't, you didn't have to work. And even though when you're at primary school, the truth is that you were probably really frustrated that you didn't have the autonomy over your life that you wanted. And all you wanted to do was to grow up. So I think that's a really good point because the ability to recognize that like right here, right now is going to be something that one day, maybe when we're like, I don't know, stress with work or kids Mm. or, you know, having the life that we aspire to, there'll be still things about this current period that we will miss. So understanding that, that like the reality of what you're living is still finding the positives in it and finding the things that one day, you know, you won't have anymore. Um, it's, that's, that's a good way to be grateful for the now rather than constantly chasing something because the more you're chasing something in the future, the more that you're denying what you have now. And that's like the easiest way to get old and think, oh my God, where did that time go? Yeah, exactly. Because I think time just flies by and you don't even realize. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like it's August. Yeah, we. it felt like it was Christmas yesterday, you know, like yeah. I think time is one of those things. I think there's a saying that what's something that passes you by and you can never get back. And I, I don't know if that's exactly how the saying is, but it's time. Time is something yeah. that's always going. And even if you sit down to like, um, I don't know, yesterday I was like making dinner and two hours went by and I didn't even realize like it, time is so precious. And it's something that I think every year is just getting faster and faster, which it probably isn't, but (laughs) it's just that the way that life is, you can never, time's invaluable. It's the one thing in life that you can never get more of, no matter how successful you are, no matter how, no matter what you do, there's no machine that you can get in to go back and try to redo things again. So whatever decisions you make, you have to 
I suppose, be okay to live with them. And you don't ever want to look back and go, oh, I wish I had done that. Because imagine if you had have not gone back and studied, you'd be sitting here now going, oh, I wish I had gone back and studied, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you need to weigh up. I guess there's always a pros and cons, but ultimately being able to recognize that what you've got is now and rather than chasing something in the future, which you may or may not get depending on the way life goes, a lot of the time that's out of your control anyway, um, control the things you can control and enjoy what you can enjoy. I guess that's probably the best advice to leave everyone with today. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's a, it's a hard topic, I think, because even your parents expect things from you. <laughs> Didn't- yeah, like everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> I think because um, what spurred this whole topic on was you overheard somebody saying about their own child or something about the expectation that she had of her child or something. Was, it, was that what yeah, it was? Yeah, so she was saying yeah. in the, I was in the hairdressers and someone was like, oh, um, I expect my kid to buy a house by the time they're 25. And that's fine. Like if that's, if you can do that, all power to you. But I personally yeah. don't put value in that because I see, I see money in a different way in terms of by the age of 25, I had mm. told myself that I would see certain countries because mm. I love traveling. Um, and buying a house by 25 was never on my radar just because of like where I want to live and what I want to do with my money before that. And also the fact that I'm studying is kind mm. of a handbrake to that. And I just thought that was so funny because to that person, um, I'm an absolute failure of a child, but because of the family I grew up in, I know that they're like really proud of my decision. Yeah. And they would have been if I'd bought a house anyway, but that's just not a measuring stick by which I yeah. measure success. And I think that's one thing to take away from just life, like just from this episode, if you haven't already, if you're not already living by this is create your own measuring stick, you know, like yeah. don't, don't try to live by somebody else's, even if it is your parents. You don't have to, yeah. you know. And even and like and they'll be proud of you no matter what, you know. Like at the end of the day, as long as you're not, as long as you're doing what you want to do and you're happy, I think that your parents would be proud of you, you know. Um, yeah, and, if, and you can't maintain, you can't maintain something you don't want to do for very long. Yeah, you'll just be really sad and that's not, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good way to live life. But, yeah, I, th- I think that having your own expectations and your own measuring stick is the best way to be. So yeah. And try and block out the, if you can't block out the rest, at least recognize that everyone else is probably going through their own thing and Mm. make the most of the now. Yeah, definitely. On that note, I'm going to go make the most of now and make some lunch. (laughs) Yeah. This is nearly lunchtime. (laughs) Anyway, it's good to catch up and in COVID times, things are still We're getting there. Yeah. Anyway, see you all next week. Bye. Bye.